on a new subject, holiness. We're going to continue, continue on with this subject and um, uh, several more things that we will be teaching on this for the next few weeks. Um, so I uh, hope you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to put some of it up on the screen. Brother Arnold's up there ready to, yes. What's that? Uh, yes, we're going to continue on with some of those. So, and I might add a few to that also. So we're going to continue on in uh, this subject tonight. And a very vital subject for us as a child of God and also for the church. Amen. Um, some of the things that we're going to be talking about, and really the whole purpose of this, of course, it's scriptural. My responsibility as a pastor is to teach the Bible and uh, to teach the scriptures and what the Lord wants. So that's my responsibility. Uh, we just have to weigh these things out with God and the word of the Lord. And as we teach, let the Lord speak to your heart, speak to your mind, to, to your soul about uh, the things that God loves and the things God hates. We need to uh, build relationship with the Lord. And that's what it's all about. So uh, some of the things we'll talk about, uh, not necessarily, might not get to it tonight. We might get to the first part of it, but just kind of give you a bird's eye view of everything that's coming up in this is we will talk about various parts of holiness. Um, it's not just one thing that holiness has to do with, but it has several things to do with. Uh, but the various parts of it is, of course, and this is kind of a progression in holiness for us to be able to get to the point where uh, we can live the life that the Lord wants us to live. Uh, one of them is our, our godly attitudes. Attitudes is very important in holiness. God wants us to have the right attitude in many ways. So attitudes, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our thoughts, because our thoughts, when you talk about attitude, you think, talk about thoughts, our thoughts uh, that we allow into our heart and life can affect our holiness unto the Lord. So we've got to control the thoughts, and we'll talk about that eventually. Uh, another is the tongue. The Bible says it's the most unruly member of the body. Uh, we'll be talking about the tongue and how that we can control the tongue. That's a part of holiness. Um, we're, we're actually presenting, and let me say this before we go on, we're actually presenting in holiness, is it, it is a separation from the world, um, being representing God in this world, and it is a separation from the world. Holiness is a is a commitment. The Lord offers everything that we need to be able to walk holy before Him, but we have to make the right decision to be separate from the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Um, but our thoughts, our tongue, also the eye. We're going to talk about the eye. What we allow into our, in our seeing also controls our thoughts, controls our heart, controls our, our uh, attitudes, controls the way we live, the actions that we present. Uh, another, number five, one thing we're going to talk about is our appearance, uh, how we present ourselves to the world, 
and our appearance. So holiness is a relationship with God, but it's also an inward experience, and that's where it starts, and then it flows outward and affects everything about us. So uh, the, the sixth thing is the stewardship of the body is a part of holiness also. So uh, one, of the, one good illustration concerning holiness, and I would recommend uh, some of the reading of the, the books. Um, of course, Brother um, uh, Bernard, David Bernard, has some great books on holiness. And uh, if you really want to dive deep in some things, read some of his books because it goes really deep. And you've got to really pay attention. You might have to read it about four or five times <laughs> to get everything. But he really has a connection there uh, with the word of the Lord concerning holiness. And uh, before I go any further, it's good to have Austin back with us. We saved his seat over here just for him and uh, the, the kids. It's good to have them back. Um, glad they're feeling better. Uh, another book that is very, very good for holiness uh, is by Carla Burton. Uh, Carla Burton has wrote some books on inward holiness, outward holiness, um, steps toward holiness. And uh, one of the things that Carla Burton says in her book, and it's a great illustration of, of holiness, and it talks about the Lord gave her in prayer as she was praying about the subject of holiness. The Lord gave her an analogy of holiness, and it really kind of sums up a lot of things that we need to stop and think about. And uh, it has to do with three things. Listen very close to what I'm going to talk about because as I go through these, I'm going to describe them a little bit more, but the three things that she's talking about in her book of outward holiness, um, the Lord spoke to her about uh, that we use holiness as three different sticks, three different sticks. Number one, sometimes people use holiness as a nightstick a nightstick, you probably know, has anybody ever been hit by a nightstick? Nobody? Seen them. I've seen police officers twirl on them. Um, sometimes people use holiness as a nightstick, sometimes people use holiness as a measuring stick, and sometimes they use it as a walking stick. So, I want to talk a little bit about, about those few things um, and some different uh, pieces of information from her book, Outward Holiness. Um, first of all, a nightstick. We, we kind of know what a nightstick is. Uh, a nightstick is what uh, uh, usually primarily for law enforcement. And uh, of course, nowadays, um, I don't even know if police officers can use nightsticks anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's even a, a thing anymore. I guess it is. You know, I, one thing I, as I go forward here, I, I have noticed that um, police officers have a lot of things on their belt. And one thing I noticed is a, is a metal ring. I asked a police officer one time, what's that metal ring? Is that where you put your donuts on that metal ring? Which it was uh, my nephew Charlie's who I asked. <laughs> I wouldn't ask just anybody about that. I said, what's that ring for? Is that where you put your donuts? And uh, I don't remember what his comment was, but I'm sure it was pretty funny what his comment was back to as he smiles. Uh, but there's a lot of things that, that police officers have to deal with, but police use it to subdue 
or beat down someone who is committing an offense or trying to attack even police officers, and they have to use it for, for uh, containing somebody. And as Christians, sometimes people use holiness um, as a nightstick. As Christians, many use holiness as a nightstick to force people to submit to our beliefs. That's not what God's intention is. It's not to, to beat people into submission. That's not what God's plan is at all. He wants you to get it in your heart. He wants you to get it inside, and then it will affect everything. I've said it will affect everything about you, but I've said before that if we build a relationship with God, then holiness is not really an issue. Uh, it's not hard to do. We can live according to what God loves and what God hate, uh, shun the things he hates and do what he loves. But a nightstick is never viewed in a positive way uh, by its victim. It's never viewed. Anybody that's ever been uh, a nightstick that's ever been used on, I know that they didn't have a positive attitude when they got finished being uh, beat down with a nightstick. It's the same thing with people beating people down with holiness. You can't beat people down and expect them to um, live a holy lifestyle and, and to love God. You can't beat it into them. You've got to you got to show them by example and lead them by direction and uh, guidance and let people live uh, and, and grow naturally. Let them grow naturally. Let them learn these things. Let them get it in their heart. Don't, you know, if, if it's all about just head knowledge as far as holiness is concerned, um, it's not going to last. People can get it, and it's good to get knowledge of it. And that's what we're doing with teaching is we're trying to get people to have a knowledge of what holiness is. But it's more than just knowledge, and knowledge is important, but it's all about getting it in your heart. There's a lot of things that I have knowledge of. I have knowledge that uh, getting up tomorrow morning at uh, 6 o'clock or sometimes waking up at 5.30 in the morning I have a knowledge that I have to get up and I have to go and fix some coffee so I can stay awake and then I, I have, a, have certain things that I do in the morning and then I have to go to work. I have a knowledge of that. That doesn't mean I love it. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I love getting up in the morning and going to work. I don't necessarily love it. Uh, now, if I, and I, if, if I love what I was doing, say if I got up at 5.30 in the morning and went deer hunting, that's a different story. Because I, I do love deer hunting more than I do work. And, and it's a different story. You can get up and you can do those things uh, a lot easier than something you dread. So holiness is about getting a love for God to the point where we want to do it because we love him. We care of the things that he loves. We also try to shun the things that he hates. We've talked about that. So a nightstick is never viewed in a positive manner by its victim. Uh, holiness is not to beat people up. Holiness, holiness is not something that, okay, since we have attained a certain level in holiness, that we expect everybody else to be there also, and we beat people up over it and judge them because they're not there. Well, let them grow. Let them grow. Let, let them get it in their heart. Let, 
let them fall in love with Jesus. And uh, trust me, it will happen. It will happen. So, um, but a nightstick is simply a tool to inflict pain and keep a person in line with a set of rules. There are some things in the word of the Lord that the Lord wants us to live by, no doubt. But it's all about not inflicting pain. It's all about enjoying this living for God. We want to enjoy our living for God. Uh, I, I don't want to be beat up because of it. I just want to fall in love with Jesus, and then everything falls into place. Now, the nightstick is not the most best way to deal with things. The next thing is the measuring stick that uh, Sister Burton talked about, the measuring stick. Now, I realize that there are measurements and things that go along with holiness. There's no doubt about that. Uh, certain things we measure up to. It's only as good as the measurement you s assign to it. It's only as good as the measurement you assign to it. Um, there's a lot of different uh, thoughts and feelings about holiness. And as a pastor, um, you know, I have my uh, direction guidance. I feel like the Lord has directed me through the Word and also through my personal convictions. Um, but the only person who knows the measurement is the person with the stick. The only person who knows the measurement is the person with the stick. We need to know what the Bible says. Um, not too long ago, I think it was at uh, pastor appreciation a few years ago, or maybe my birthday or whatever, I, I, I know that uh, Sister uh, Betty Miser uh, gave me a gift, and it was a fishing ruler. And so I found this thing to be very, very, very helpful in my fishing because I've caught some really big lunkers if you know what a lunker is, it's a big fish. Because when you take her ruler, which her ruler was about that long, and that's a foot <laughs> that it says on her. So when I measure my fish, I've caught a really, I've caught a lot of really big fish using her ruler. <laughs> so, uh, but, but there, is, there are measuring sticks. There's things to measure up on holiness. Uh, many times we use outward holiness as a measuring stick. And sometimes it's used in judgment against people. Um, of course, you know, you can measure people up by, by holiness on the outside. And the Bible says you could be a white, you could be, you could look great on the outside, and you could be full of dead man's bones on the inside. You could be full of corruption. You know, you could play the part, but you could. You, on the inside, you could be all corrupt. So you can't judge people by the outside. And a lot of times people do that. Um, sometimes it's even if they don't measure up, then they are not holy in their sight. They don't measure up. So really what it comes down to is we have got to take holiness and apply it to our own life first. Um, and, and 
And everybody needs, a lot of times when, when preaching goes forth or teaching, sometimes people are thinking in their minds, hey, I know who he's talking about. They really need this message. I hope they hear what he's saying. I hope they really get it. Well, no, that's the wrong method of going about living for God. When the preaching and the teaching comes forth, what we need to be saying is, God, how is this affecting my life, and what is it doing for me? Am I measuring up? Do I have it in my heart? I, I don't want to go around just pointing fingers at everybody, and, and sometimes, and I, I pastored almost 30 years, I know that there have been times that people have killed other people spiritually because of judging them, judging them, and killing them. So I realize that that measuring stick, there is importance of measuring up, uh, but we've got to be patient with people and love people and help people along the way. Now let me read us some scriptures here in Luke 6, and I'm throwing this in, Brother Arnold. Uh, I didn't have it on that list, but Luke 6, 41 and 42, a very familiar story that I feel like applies here. And it goes like this, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And Jesus was saying, Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Holiness is not for destroying people. It's for pleasing God and being separate from the world. But the whole purpose is, and I've, you've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen times where people have tried to pull the mote out of someone else's eye and say, you got this problem, this problem, this problem, if you get this fixed, when they've got bigger problems than what they've got. You ever seen that before? You ever heard that before? You ever maybe even experienced it yourself? Well, we really need to work on our own selves. But notice here in the scriptures, once we get it figured out on our own self, and I don't know if we fully get everything figured out until we get to heaven, we're still working on it, constantly working on our lives to try to get ourselves to be more holy and and more righteous before the Lord. But the only way we can really help other people is to get ourselves right with God first. And notice here, it's not that he, and once you got, okay, the, he said, thou hypocrite, cast out the first, first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou clearly pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Notice here, he didn't say, so you have an opportunity since you got yourself right, you can destroy them and hurt them, no, he's saying, get your heart right with God, and then you can help your brother and help your sister to get things right. You see what I'm saying? Jesus was not saying this for you to destroy people. He was saying this so we can help people. We can show them by example. This is what you do. This is how you get there. This is how you get closer to God. This is how you walk with God. You see what I'm saying? It's all about helping one another, not beating people down and trying to destroy them. Uh, God's intention is not 
to kill and destroy like the devil is. His intention is to give us life and more abundantly and to, to be a, a blessing to us and help us. Because I, I don't know of a good parent that would be willing to uh, destroy your children. Uh, a good parent is going to be one that when they do wrong, that you're going to be there to love them and try to help them. Help them get up. Help them, help them get back on track to love them to it. Reach them. Touch them. Tell them the truth, but do it in love. So he was telling us to be careful about pulling out our, out our holiness measuring sticks and using them on other people. We need to use them on ourselves. Some things should be left up to a pastor. Pastor to do that. Um, let people grow naturally. And, and sometimes people are ahead of others at different levels. That's okay. That is totally fine. It's okay. As long as we're progressing and moving toward the Lord, that is okay. Amen? Holiness needs to be worked out by God and us, by God and you, by God and me. It needs to be worked out in our lives. Thank God he is patient with us and he loves us and he cares about us. He's there for us. But that's talking about the measuring stick. Now, the walking stick. The walking stick. The purpose of the walking stick is to help balance a person. Balance. We, we need balance. And uh, a walking stick can keep you balanced. I know Brother Ayers has made a lot of walking sticks that you know, helps you walk through the woods and on trails and things. You know what it's there for? It's to help you keep balance on those uneven places that, that we have to walk on trails. So the, that walking stick keeps us balanced. Uh, this is the kind of holiness that we need to emulate and to strive to produce is to help ourselves keep balance. I've talked about balance many times. Everything in God is balanced. The seasons are balanced. Everything uh, in the Word of God is balanced. It's com really, the Word of God is common sense. When you really stop and think about it, it really comes down to just common sense. Um, holiness is common sense. Uh, it's the world that has tried to change holiness into something that is not. Um, walking, uh, uh, holiness in our lives is to bring balance so that we can please God and be accepted in his presence. But there's another purpose of that too. A walking stick can only benefit someone else if the person with the stick has balance. Let me read that again. A walking stick can only benefit someone else if the person with the stick has balance. I can't help people if I'm out of balance. But if I'm in balance, I can help, help someone else get up that's fallen down and help them to learn more about God and to lead them uh, by example. Uh, but I think holiness a lot of times has been used as a nightstick and it's been used to hurt people. That's not the intention of the Lord. He didn't intend it to be that way. He intended it to be about a relationship with him and getting close to him and, and shunning sin, loving the things that he loves, hating the things that he hates. Some of the perspectives on what we're talking about is to truly understand and explain 
outward holiness, we, we must look at it from uh, various perspectives also. Um, and I've taught on this uh, before, but there's some things we've got to really stop and think about when we're considering holiness and the perspectives of it. So, in, in studying holiness, first of all, what does the Bible teach us about it? That's the first and priority of holiness. What does the Bible teach concerning the issue of holiness? Um, the Lord does not want to hide it from us. That's the reason why I'm teaching it to, tonight for the last several weeks, because as a pastor, you know, I, I want to teach what the Lord has placed in his word so we can live that way, learn and live that way. I want you to know why this church stands on holiness. And I want you to understand why uh, this church teaches holiness. Uh, the Bible is our foundation of beliefs. The Bible is the final word in our beliefs. It, it's what God wants for us. So we go to the word of the Lord and it will tell us. It's all through the Bible. It tells us exactly what the Lord wants for us in our life, living for him. Uh, but it is the foundation of our beliefs. It is, the very, it, it is very important for us to, to back things up with the word of God. To back things up with the word of God. Let me stop here and say this. There's convictions in my life that I don't impose on other people. But it's my convictions. There are convictions that you have that doesn't necessarily should be imposed on other people because it's your conviction. But there is also some scriptures in the word of God that should be all of our conviction. Should be all of our conviction. Um, there's some things that I do in my walk with God. I make a commitment to the Lord that might not necessarily be biblical, uh, scriptural, but it's, it's something that I need to do so I can get closer to God. And it's the same thing with you. But the Bible, what the Bible says, should be a conviction for all of us. It's the final word. It is what God wants. But we shouldn't impose on other people things that's not biblical. Uh, it might be a suggestion or a helps for somebody. If someone wants to take it on and say, hey, that will help me too, that's okay. But uh, the word of the Lord is the final word in holiness. Final word. So that's a big part of it. We're, we're the, it's been said by, um, uh, by an instructor at Bible college that uh, where the Bible speaks, you speak. Where the Bible is silent, you be silent. I think there's a lot to be said there. So the first thing that, uh, first perspective that we've got to look at in talking about and understanding holiness is we've got to go to the word of the Lord and find out what the Bible says. Number two, it is very important for us to look at history. I, I've taught on this before also because I feel like that that, that is something we really got to stop and think about as far as holiness is concerned. Now, holiness, when we're talking about appearance, 
We're talking about what we present to the world, this and that. Um, when you look at how our culture has changed, even in the last few years, it's changed dramatic, dr dramatically, dramatically. It's changed dramatically. It has changed. It's changed a lot in 10 years. It's changed a whole lot in my lifetime from what it used to be. It's, it's a totally different world than what it was when I was growing up. <laughs> Things have changed drastically. But you can also see how we're here recently. Things have changed very quickly. But when you look at history and the way history was, was written years ago and, and how people lived many years ago, uh, what caused us to believe certain things were okay today when a little over 75 to 100 years ago it wasn't okay? So what's changed? What's, what's, uh, what's changed in the last little over 75 to 100 years ago when, they, when those, some things were wrong? Now it's okay. It's really when you stop and think about it, as far as um, the Word of God, it has never changed. It's consistent. Modesty has never changed. Immodesty has never changed. Commitment to God in holiness, it's not changed. The Word of God is stable and has always been the same. The church that walks in that Word is going to remain the same, hopefully. What's changed is the world. 75 to 100 years ago, a lot of people looked apostolic Pentecostal back then. It's not like that now. So what's changed? The world's changed. The ways of the world have, have changed. The more of the desire for the flesh and the carnal and sin has changed. That doesn't mean that that there's more sin now. There's always been sin. There's always been uh, desire to walk after the flesh. But there, there's been a lot of changes in, our, in America, in society, in our world. 75 to 100 years ago, there was a distinction between men and women. 75 to 100 years ago, there was modesty. Even people that didn't go to church, there was modesty in their life because that was what was right and what was wrong. So what's changed now? It's the world. It's the flesh. A lot of things have changed, and even changed here in the last few years. There is an attack against Christianity because Christianity is standing in the way for people to have their, their desires of the flesh. Yeah, the church needs to take a stand for what's right, doing in love, truth in love, not compromise by any means. We need to go by the Word of God. So in order to understand holiness, we've got to understand history also. History. Uh, we've got to dig below the surface and see how worldly culture and influences has affected our standards of holiness. A lot of churches that have changed in the last several years. A lot of churches. But we've got to go back to the pattern of the Word of God. The Word of God 
has not changed. Holiness in God's design and desire has not changed. It's still the same, even though the world's changed the last 7,500 years. The Bible's not changed. And the third thing is um, we need to understand holiness. We need to take the principles found in Scripture and our culture's history in establishing a standard for living today. doesn't mean compromise. does not mean compromise. We need to listen to the Word of God. We need to take those principles and, and realize what our culture's, uh, cultural history is and establish what the Word says. The Word says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We, we need to be separate. We need to be separate. Holiness separates us from the world. We are different. We are different. If we're, we come to God and, and we claim to repent and we receive the Holy Ghost and we're baptized and we're still the same as we were before we ever came to God, then we, I question if we really receive something from God because I know the power of God's Spirit is going to change us. It will change us. It will give us different desires and different cravings, craving for God. We, we won't crave the sin. We, we, we desire the presence of the Lord. We desire the power of God. We desire the Word of God. We desire the, the Spirit of God. We desire to be in His presence. So when we really get God in our lives, it will change our life. And... The Lord doesn't want us to be like the world. That's the reason he brought us out of the world. He doesn't want us to have attitudes like the world and thoughts like the world and look at things like the world and, and look like the world and conduct our, our lives and, and our body, which is the temple of God, like the world. He, he wants us to come out of that so that we can have a greater life in Him of happiness, joy, peace, the gifts of the Spirit operating in our lives. So, holiness is very vital to us. Here's another thing that is very important. Um, there, there are three teachers of holiness that the Bible talks about. First of all, again, all holiness teachings come from the Bible, the inspired Word of God. It's all in there. It's a matter of us hearing it, understanding it, and living by it. You can hear it and you can understand it, but if you don't live by it, make the choices, live by it, it's not going to do you any good. You've got to live by it. There is blessings that come forth through a life of holiness. But all, all holiness teachings come from the Bible. It's all in there. Uh, that's one of the teachers of holiness. Another teacher of holiness is when you receive the Holy Ghost... When you really receive the Holy Ghost in your life, I tell you what happens. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you in all truth. And you will feel conviction over certain things that you didn't feel before because the Spirit is speaking to you. Are you with me? The Spirit teaches us with internal promptings that this is right and that's wrong or convictions that 
there's some places the Holy Ghost won't let me go because I don't feel comfortable there that I would have been okay with before, but I want to protect the spirit of the Holy Ghost that's in my life. Amen. So the Holy Ghost teaches us and gives us promptings and gives us conviction, and we need to listen to what the Spirit is trying to say to us. And let me say this also. If you feel something in the Spirit, you need to line it up and measure it up with the Word of God. Because if it's not in the Word of God, it might... Well, the Bible says, try the Spirit, see if they be of God. I've seen situations where people thought that, that God was speaking to them and it wasn't biblical. And... Uh, but you've got to measure it up with the word of the Lord, and you've got to um, try the Spirit, see if it be of God. So the Holy Ghost teaches us. That's another teacher of holiness. The third thing is, um, and it's scriptural, um, anointed pastors and teachers. It's part of the fivefold ministry. And um, anointed pastors and teachers can proclaim and apply the word of holiness in our lives. So we need we need that as a teacher, and that's what I'm trying to do here is to teach us, teach us the word of what God wants in our life and holiness. So we need the word of God, the scriptures. We need the Holy Ghost to speak to us and lead us, and we need a pastor and teachers to show us the word of God. God has given pastors for the oversight and care and equipping of the church Till we come into that perfection, we're, we're all working toward that. But it's important for pastors to make practical applications. Um, the, in the scripture where it talks about holiness and modesty, there are some things that the Bible doesn't show the exact line on. Well, let me say this. This is very important. Please hear what I have to say because it's very important here. If it was left to people to draw the line of holiness, we would have everything and anything. The lines could be so varied of what real holiness is. So there's got to be an authority there which the Lord gave the fivefold ministry to the church to apply practical applications in holiness and draw lines. That is important. Um, and there has to be certain lines drawn in holiness. It is important to follow the teaching and guidance of a godly pastor. I want to be the pastor you can trust. I want to be a pastor that you can you can follow, and I want, to, I, want to, I want to learn from the Word of God. I want to know exactly what God... That's the reason why I pray, God, when I speak and preach to the church, I want to know what you have to say to the people, because they don't need to hear what I have to say. They need to hear what you have to say. Amen? I want the church to hear what God has to say from His Word. And... It's inter always interesting, the scripture, where it says, through the foolishness of preaching, sometimes it seems foolish. That's God's method. 
you got, you got to take that up with God, that he would use pastors and teachers and faithful ministry. I mean, that's, that's the way God chose to do it. Thank God he speaks to pastors and teachers, evangelists and apostles. I mean, thank the Lord he, he speaks to them and they can relay the message to his people. But there are many facets of holiness. Um, but there is a progression of holiness for our lives. I want to talk about this before we go into the various details of holiness. There is a progression of holiness for our lives. Holiness begins in the heart. We've talked about that. With attitudes and thoughts and what we allow into our eyes. Those things affect what's in the inside. And it extends to our way of life and to our behavior, the decisions we make, the things we do. The things we, in our, we do in our appearance and in our speech. So these things, why, why does the church stand on and teach and apply holiness? Because it's scriptural. Because it's scriptural. It's what God wants. That's what a church must do is follow his his design and his guidance. And I want you to be able to understand the principles. I don't want you to be to a point where it's because pastor says is what we have to do. No, I want you to get it in your heart. Now, I will say this, and there's scripture, it's not the exact quotation, but there's scripture that says that the Lord looks on the inside, and he does. So some people take that like he looks on the inside and that's all he looks at. But the reason why he's looking on the inside is because he knows that if it's right on the inside, it's going to affect everything about that person, inside and outside. Absolutely. It's scriptural. God looks at the inside. He looks at the heart because he knows out of the heart is going to come some things. If, it's not, if the heart's not right, it's going to come out some bad things in that person's life. If the heart's right, it's going to come out in good things. So first of all, attitudes. How many has a bad attitude? Raise your hand. Today, yesterday? How many has never had a bad attitude? Raise your hand. Okay. But she lives with you. So. <laughs> I stepped into that, that's for sure. Um, but... We've all had a bad attitude at some point or another. And, um, but it's, it's important for us to work on that in holiness. That's, that's what living for God is. We're working on things right now. If we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> we're human, but we're constantly working on these things. Galatians 5, 19 through 23, the essence of holiness is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, those are beautiful things in our life that we need to bear. 
But we need to walk in a good attitude, the attitude that my attitude toward God is right, that my attitude toward my brothers and sisters is right, that my attitude toward my pastor is right, that my attitude toward the, the Word of God is right. There's been times I've read the Word of God and I was very confused. I don't understand this, God, but you know what? I respect it because I know there's something there that I don't see, <laughs> but, I, but I do trust it. Because I know, God, that you're right. And uh, even if I don't understand it, I'm going to still believe it and stand on it. I remember um, when I was uh, a minister in a church under a pastor, there was times that a pastor would make some decisions and things that I didn't understand. But you know what I did? I never said a word against it. I just, yes, I'm going to get involved with it. And when I became a pastor... I understood why they made the decisions that they made. I understood it more clearly. I remember very clearly, and I've said this before, but I remember very clearly when I, when I was voted in as pastor of this church that I felt like that there was a mantle that was put on me, and it was a supernatural experience. I felt like that at that time... that. And it was not anything I had done, but it was just, I just felt like God put a mantle on me. And I felt things different than what I did before. Does it mean I'm perfect? No. I'm still human. And, and I'm, I'm working on things like everybody else. But I want to try to keep my attitude right in God toward Him, toward my brothers and sisters, toward fellow ministry, uh, toward, uh, you know, my superintendent of Illinois and the secretary, uh, Brother Nave, I, I, I love and appreciate them, toward Brother Bernard and Brother Graham, I, I want to submit myself to them, and I want my attitude to always be right, so that's important in holiness. As Christians, we learn to forgive. As Christians... We learn to obey authority, and as Christians, we learn to be thankful. As Christians, we learn in our, in our right attitudes not to let anything offend us. It's something we've got to work on. Because the Bible does say you will be offended. But it's something that we've got to get past. Um, as Christians, we've got to learn to not be busybodies in other people's lives. That's important as, with the right attitude. Sometimes we get to a point where we've got to be a busybody in someone else's life. That's not the right attitude to have. But having the right attitude includes justice and mercy and personal and social relationships. Having the right attitude toward my brothers and sisters. Having the right attitude toward God. Having the right attitude toward the things of God. Having the right attitude uh, when, when we pray and ask God for something specific and he gives us something different. The right attitude in that. The right attitude in prayer, the right attitude when you read the Word of God and it doesn't fit exactly what you want or I want. But trust me, if we are obedient to it and have the right attitude to, to the Word of God, it will be exactly what we want. 
We just don't realize it. The, when God works things out, we pray specifically, and God doesn't do it the way we want, instead of us getting offended, offended over it, God has a better plan than what our plan is. So we stand upon that and have the right attitude toward God. I know the devil likes to stir stuff up in our minds and in our hearts. We need to say, no, devil, you're a liar. God is always right. He is always right. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 23 and 30 through 32, and I'm going to stop on this. We'll stop at, at uh, the number one thing, which is inward is the attitude. Ephesians 4, 23 through 32, listen to what it says. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now notice here, that is by choice. And be renewed in the spirit. I don't have to allow myself to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. It's by choice. But if I don't, I have to live with the consequences of that. Because the scripture is saying, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The reason is because there's a good reason for that. It's going to be a, a help to us. Verse 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put on the new man. So there is a change in holiness and walking holy. Verse 25, wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We're not divided, we're together. We're one in this. We need each other. Let me hear an amen on that. Now, do you really believe that? Say an amen. amen. There you go. We do believe that. 26, and be ye angry and sin not. So God gives us a right to be angry at least. Sin not, but don't let your wrath, or don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't hold grudges. Sometimes we do get angry on certain things. But the main thing is to forgive. The main thing is don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So don't carry it past the end of the day. We need to work on that. Can I hear it? Amen. We all do, including myself. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. A lot of times we give place to the devil. We open up the door and, and let him have his way. Sometimes giving place to the devil is holding grudges after a certain period of time and not letting them go. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let him in. Don't open the door. Don't let him into your heart, mind, and soul. Let him that stole steal no more talking about holiness, there's a change. There's got to be a change. Those that stole, time to steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may get, have to give to him that needeth. So we're taking ourselves out of that place of, of stealing and steal no more, and there's got to be a change. And through holiness, there is a change in our life. And it's not just for ourselves, but it's to help somebody else along the way. Going back to the walking stick, I can help people when I'm balanced. 
I, I can help someone else to get up when I'm balanced. It's not all about us. It's about us and others. We're in this together, the Bible said even here. Uh, speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, verse 25. Neither to give place to the devil. Let no them steal, steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, and the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. In verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying. Lifting up, edifying. Let the words that come out of our mouth be edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We hear enough negative stuff. We need to hear some positive stuff. We need someone to help us up. It's so easy to beat people down, but we need to edify, lift up. That's part of holiness. It's part of holiness to the Lord. Verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. What would really grieve the Spirit of God? I think if we come to God and we stay the same that we are, we're always, and there's no change, and we're always just about ourselves and not trying to help others, I think that grieves God. I think we don't walk in holiness. I think that grieves God. If, if we still live the same way we always did and not walk in holiness, I think that grieves God. There's a lot of things that can grieve God. Not having the right relationship with God, I think that grieves God. I mean, we could go down a list of things that can grieve God, but what doesn't grieve God is when we get as close to God as we can and we love Him with all of our heart and give our life to Him and commit ourselves to him and help his body and help his church and unify ourselves together. One of the things God hates is one that soweth discord among the brethren because he wants us to be together and strengthened together. That's holiness. When we're together, we're not grieving God. When we're divided and we're against each other and we're holding grudges and we're, not, we're letting the sun go down on our wrath and we're not going to talk to them, we're not going to shake their hand, we're not going to, you know, I think that grieves God. But when we follow his word, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That is by choice. Put it away. Verse 32, last verse, and we'll close on this, and be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Huh. What if God forgave us like we forgive others? How would that measure up? Would we like it? <laughs> If God forgave us like we forgive other people, we'd probably all be lost <laughs> for the most part. But if we consider that, you know, when we come to God and we want Him to forgive, we want Him to forgive us and forget it and throw it far away and throw it as far as the east is from the west. When we ask God to forgive us, we want God to be uh, 
as the scripture says, he is faithful and just to forgive us. We want him to do that. And we want him to be patient with us, love us, and care about us. If that's the case, then we need to forgive others that same way. I believe it's a part of holiness. It's about our attitude toward others and toward God and toward the things of God. That's what God's calling us to. You see, holiness has a lot of facets of various things that we have to consider. And one of them is our attitude toward God and toward others. And it could be an attitude toward ourselves too. It really could. Amen? Let's stand. Next week we'll talk about thoughts and tongue and the eye. And maybe go a little further than that. Amen. Let's thank the Lord here tonight for holiness. It is a beautiful thing. Lord, we thank you.